Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 232 and session number 69 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions that you submit via voicemail, and I do my best to answer them here on an episode like this one, and that's what I'm going to do today once again for the 69th time. I can't believe that we recorded that many weeks worth of the Ask Scott session. It's pretty awesome. And uh, if you guys want to ask your own question, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. You can ask a question there. Now, I will... Um, well, I will warn you that, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions that get submitted and I don't want to discourage you from doing that, but it could take three, four, maybe even five weeks before I get to those questions. So just, you know, hang tight, but I definitely want to hear from you. All right. So just go over there and record a message and, uh, Hey, even if you just want to tell me an update, go over there and do that too. All right. So I did want to remind anyone that is brand new. First off, I just want to say congratulations on making it here and thank you so much much because, uh, well, you took action and here you are and you're going to learn very quickly that, you know, we're big, big fans of taking action here on the the Amazing Seller podcast. But uh, I did want to give you guys a free resource. If you're just getting started, I get a lot of people that say, Scott, how do I get started? So I created this free 10-day course where you can actually go through the entire process start to finish. And you can find that by heading over to freeprivatelabelcourse.com. Again, that's freeprivatelabelcourse.com. Or if you want to attend one of my live workshops, you can do that as well by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Now, I just threw a bunch of links at you there, but you can always find them. I'm going to give you one more link where you can actually pick these up over in the show notes of this episode. And that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 232. And that particular link will bring you to the page that has all these links and it's going to have the show notes with all the links to those things I just mentioned, but also the transcripts and any other uh, notes that we have over there for you. All right. Now, quick little funny story I wanted to share with you guys. And that's kind of what I I get to do here on these sessions because I feel like, you know, it's us just sitting in that room kind of telling stories and kind of answering questions, right? It's kind of our our place to be able to connect. Well, I've been connecting uh, on Periscope for a while now, and it's been really awesome. Uh, If you guys are not following my following me on Periscope, you probably want to go do that. Um, It's a place where I can actually interact with you kind of like this, but more in a live atmosphere. Um, Just search for me on Periscope uh, at Scott Volker. You'll find me. And uh, it was funny, though. The other night I was doing a Periscope. I was in my new office and my wife was out and she was kind of, uh, I think she was putting together a chair or something like one of those chairs, bar stools that goes uh, at an island or something. And, uh, we just purchased that for our new, uh, our new kitchen. And, uh, all of a sudden I heard the little, cause that's what happens when you, you, uh, you know, join a Periscope session or someone else has, has kind of like, uh, started one. And she obviously has subscribed to follow me right on Periscope. So I hear that go off and I hear her say, what? Scott Volker's live on Periscope and I'm here in the other room. And, uh, it was just kind of funny, uh, that I heard it and then I heard her say, what? Scott Volker's live on Periscope, like kind of like, well, he's right here. How can he be doing that? And and I was in the other room. So it was kind of funny. Okay. So anyway, I think that's enough rambling here in the pre-show. I think you guys are probably here also because you guys want to hear some questions and maybe even your own questions get answered. So uh, what do you say? Let's go ahead and dive into this week's questions. What do you say? Let's do that. 
Scott, this is Rex. First off, thanks for all the great information you've given us. I have a question about launching a product that competes directly with a product that Amazon sells. I would like your opinion on this. I'm going to try to give an example that is clear and concise. So here it goes. Let's take the garlic press, for example. Let's say that Amazon is the only seller selling a garlic press. And I know that's obviously not the case, but let's just pretend here. And they sell over 100 garlic presses per day. They also sell a garlic bag that is the only garlic bag for this garlic press. And a lot of people that buy the garlic press also buy the garlic bag. And the garlic that particular garlic bag sells over 80 per day. The product I'm looking at would be comparable to the garlic bag. The reviews for this garlic bag that is also sold by Amazon are very poor, under three-star reviews. But the garlic bag still sells a lot because it complements the garlic press that is sold by Amazon. My product is to create a better garlic bag that would complement the garlic press that is sold by Amazon. My thought process is that the garlic press already sells over 100 units per day with no competition, and the garlic bag sells close to 80 and has a lot of poor reviews. If I can make a a better garlic bag that would complement this Amazon garlic press, I could sell quite a few units per day by marketing it as a garlic bag that would complement the Amazon sold garlic press. I hope that's clear. The overarching question as well is what are your thoughts in general if the main competitor in a product category is Amazon? If the volume is high enough, would it not make sense to go after a portion of those of units sold even though Amazon is the main seller? Thanks. I look forward to hearing the answer. Hey, Rex, thanks so much for the question. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to that question. You did a good job at kind of breaking it down without revealing the product. I totally understand, and I hope everyone listening understands. But I'm going to try to make this very, very clear, okay? And, uh, you know, I think, you know, like you said, the overarching question is really, should I compete with Amazon if they're the only one selling, okay? And if I'm if I'm understanding you correctly, there's no other listings really coming up that are that exact same thing. There might be related products, but not that exact same one. So my first question would be, and I'd want to make sure that something that they're selling isn't patented, right? So why isn't anyone else selling it? That would be my first question. Is it too hard to manufacture or is it patented or like why is no one else selling that thing? So that would be my first like question and kind of like a little red flag for me. 
The other thing I do like to see a lot of times is some depth. I like to see that there's a proven market uh, in, in this area, right? But I mean, you telling me that there's a hundred sales being generated on the one product and then another 80 on the complimentary product, that's a good thing. But obviously the hundred sales per day one, the main product it is also helping to sell the 80 units per day. And again, I'm just kind of flushing out kind of like my thought process here. So everyone listening as well, you can kind of hear how I'm kind of talking myself through this because I think it's helpful to kind of do that. So I like those numbers. Uh, I think they're great because I think if they are the only ones selling this type of product and accessory and you come in and you create like an off brand of it or even just a better brand, right? And especially by listening to those reviews, then you have a lot of different things that you could, uh, that you can position it as, you know, being a better product. I think that's great. And even if you only get 20 sales per day from each of those, I like that. We never talked about price. We never talked about profit margin. We never talked about any of that stuff. Um, the other thing I would want to know is, is this a product that would sell well off of Amazon? Because if you guys have been hearing me talk a lot, uh, you know, in the, in the most recent episodes and stuff is really, you know, about going externally outside of Amazon eventually. So, I would always want to know that too. Am I just selling something in a trend or am I selling something that I could potentially, you know, scale outside of Amazon? Could I create my own sales channel? Is there a market that wants more information about this? So that's the other things that I'd be thinking about. But the one thing I like about this, and actually Chris Schaefer and I just did a hot seat session um, on this, and I'm not quite sure if, I'm not, it's funny, I'm, I'm recording this and I'm not sure if that one aired yet or not. It might have, it might not have, but we did a hot seat session and um, uh, it was very similar to this where actually um, that wasn't the scenario, but someone was selling, um, you know, a product that was doing, you know, okay, but the price was kind of low. So we kind of said, well, what you might want to do is add a secondary product to that or even a variation. And now what you're going to do is you're going to get two search uh, keywords for each product that could lead people to buying one or the other or both. So in your case, I'd be thinking about, okay, I can start by selling that complimentary product, right? And then I could possibly even sell the main product, the garlic press, right? The garlic bag and then the garlic press. If I could do that, that would be great. And then I'd be thinking, okay, what else could I sell and add to this? What is What are other people buying with this product? So again, that's what I would be thinking. But when people ask like, you know, would you directly compete with Amazon? And the, the, the answer is generally yes, because generally, I mean, Amazon doesn't do a great job marketing their product. Um, they just put it up there and it kind of does what it does. They don't do a lot of advertising or anything like that. So you can usually rank pretty decently. So that's why I like to see more than just one seller in there because then I can say, okay, well, Amazon's taking a hundred sales, but you know, position two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 are all grabbing 10, 15 sales a day themselves. So I'll just go after one of them. But you really won't know until you can, until you can actually test this. So that would be my next question. It would be, okay, Rex, can you test this thing by getting a hundred units or 500 units without, you know, it being a $50 product, of course? You know, can you test the market? Can you test this theory? Um, and then if you can, then I would go down that route. So I don't know if this has been 100% like, uh, you know, a, a direct answer. I don't think it has because I would need more information, but hopefully you can see the process that I'd be going through 
to decide if this is something that I would want to test. There's a lot of different variables in anything. It ultimately comes down to taking a little bit of a risk and, and testing that market. But hopefully this has been helpful to you or anyone else out there asking them, asking themselves, can I compete with Amazon? The answer is pretty much yes. Uh, but again, I would think a little bit further. I would think like, okay, can I also market this outside of Amazon? If I can, then I'm really not risking that much because I know that I could always go out there and start selling this to my customer list or my prospect list, uh, talking about some of those other things that I've mentioned in the past. Uh, so hopefully, I know that was a long-winded answer, but you kind of had a long-winded uh, you know, a question there, Rex, but I understand you had to explain it and you did a very good job at doing that. So uh, I hope that this helped you. I hope this has helped anyone else. Um, but again, you really have to dig into some more of the details there. Is it patented? Is it something that's risky that way? Um, I mean, for example, if you're selling hoverboards, right, uh, which I don't recommend and I don't think anyone even can anymore, but if you were, uh, but you're selling a hoverboard bag, um, that's kind of like the same idea, right? You have the main product and then you have a product that complements that popular product. So hopefully that helps. All right, let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hi Scott, this is Saheed. Thank you for the amazing work you do. It's really, really helpful. I listen to your podcast every day during my commute and I absolutely love it. Here is my question. I've been trying to come up with a brand name which will go on to my products. I don't know how other people did it. Maybe they hired somebody to suggest a name or maybe they are creative enough to come up on their own. Since I feel I'm not that creative enough, do you have any tips or suggestions for people like us to come up with a brand name? I feel like my soon-to-be-born baby will get his name faster than my business would. Uh, thank you again. Uh, appreciate your help and keep, keep up the good work. Thanks. Hey, Saheed, what's up, man? Thank you so much for the question. And actually, this is a great question. I, I never really answered this, I don't think, on an Ascot session. And I haven't really talked much about it in depth anyway. And one of the main reasons is because I don't believe that the brand name should need to be like really, really that important in the beginning. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think it's important, but I don't think that you have to stress too much about the brand name, especially when you're first getting started. Now, with that all being said, yes, you wanna spend some time, okay? And you wanna actually reach out to other people to help you with this, okay? Now, I'm sure that there's companies out there that can help you with this as well. You can probably even go on Upwork.com and hire someone there that is a brand expert or anything like that. But what I would probably do is I would, and it's funny because I'm kind of going through this right now. I've got another um, partnership that I'm working in right now that we're actually going through this process. And uh, we aren't even at the stage of, you know, throwing out a bunch of ideas yet because we're not past the sourcing um, side of things right now. We're, we're kind of going through the sourcing side. So before we even need to think about that, okay, we need to, number one, figure out the sourcing, figure out, you know, all of the stuff to get it here, and then we can start to think about the brand. And in the meantime, you know, I am going to be jotting down ideas. I'm going to be asking my wife. I'm going to be asking a fellow friend. I'm going to be asking 
people that are in my circle, right? People that I just want their opinions on. Like, hey, I'm sell- I'm going to be launching a garlic press and I want to do something around cooking. Can you help me kind of come up with a cool cooking, you know, name for my brand? What would you like? Or what are some cool ideas? Um, but you also have to understand that you can do it a couple of different ways, right? You can be very obvious, like garlic press king, right? That could be one, but then you're kind of like strapped into and locked into garlic press. Um, so something else could be like, you know, uh, your mama's cooking, you know, something like that. And then it could be everything around garlic press or um, kitchen uh, tools or, you know, knives or, you know, I mean, cooking knives, any of that stuff, anything that a chef would use. Um, you can call it something chef, right? Um, but you also got to think about what other products would you be launching against this brand? So this way here, you don't kind of, you know, corner yourself to where you can only talk about or sell one thing, right? Or one type of thing. Um uh, you know, don't let that confuse you though. I'm not saying that you should, you know, launch something so generic that you could, or, you know, offer a brand that has a very generic background. So this way here you can launch, you know, you know, yard rakes and uh, garlic presses. Like, no, I don't think that's a good idea either. I think it should be pretty tight as far as the branding goes. So I would say reach out to people, you know, that would be my first step. Okay. And then from there, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned like your firstborn child. It's going to take you longer to, to name your brand here than your firstborn child. And, uh, but you are going to name your firstborn child, I'm assuming. So, uh, you probably have a way of doing that. So it's going to be very similar. It's just you're going to be reaching out, getting names, jotting as many down as you can come up, come up with right off the bat and then just jot them down. And, you know, you, I don't think you can just sit down in one pass and say, okay, I think I figured it out. I've never done it that way. Um, but you know, you do want something that's kind of cool, easy to remember. I would say I'd probably try to keep it to at least, you know, I would say no more than two or three words. I like two words, but if it has to be three, that's fine. Uh, I wouldn't make it really, really long. The other thing that I would want to do is once you kind of narrow it down is I would want to make sure that that domain name on GoDaddy uh, is available or Bluehost or wherever you are grabbing your domain name. That's pretty important. I'd also want to do a trademark um, search to make sure that you're not infringing on anything like that. But that comes kind of after you've you've kind of got your top five, right? And then you can do that. So um, I hope that this has helped you. Uh, I know it's not an easy thing. And like I said, right now, I'm kind of currently going through that same thing. Um, I mean, heck, it was um, it was kind of like me going through naming the amazing seller as well. Like I didn't know what I wanted to name it, um, but I did know that I wanted to name it something that I wasn't necessarily going to have to always be talking about Amazon, even though that's where we kind of started the podcast from. Because, you know, if you if you realize the amazing seller, that could be anything from marketing to that could be, uh, you know, how to sell more of your product online. That could be, uh, you know, e-commerce. That could be anything, right? Like that has to do with selling your own product. Um, so again, just to give you an idea of kind of how that all works works. All right. So hopefully this has been helpful. Uh, go out there and just start brainstorming, asking people, uh, ask strangers if you're waiting in the uh, doctor's office. Just, I don't know, have fun with it too. Uh, so hopefully this has been helpful. Let's go ahead and listen to one more question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scotty V, Chris out of Irvine, California. How's it going? First off, thanks for everything that you're doing. You've been super helpful to me. I'm a new seller 
on the Amazon platform. I'm 60 days in. I've had some excellent short-term success. And uh, my question for you is, um, I started with one product. I went to four. They are extremely close-knit related products. They all work with each other. Two out of the four are exact duplicates except for their color. Uh, I initially went with two different SKUs um, for these products just so I could have the real estate out there. Now, um, after doing double work on the listings and all the keywords and honing in on the keywords, I feel like I'm doing double duty and I think it could be much better for myself if I merged the ASINs. Would you recommend merging it or would you recommend keeping them separate? Thanks for everything, and I hope to hear your answer. Thank you so much. Hey, Chris, uh, that's a great question, and um, I don't really have an exact answer, but let's talk about this, okay? Let's talk about why, like you said, there's some pros and there's some cons, right? If the product on the variation is so close that we're talking just a color, I would keep them under one listing. That's just my personal preference, okay? Um, like you said, it's kind of like rental property, right? It's it's uh, it's easier to maintain one property than 10, right? And I, I understand that, uh, you know, once you get more real estate out there, you have more potential for people to see uh, your product, which totally makes sense, but you also have more work to maintain them, to get reviews, to do giveaways, to do pay-per-click, um, all of that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean you can't run your pay-per-click separately to different, uh, you know, different ASINs that are inside of that listing. You can do that as well. But I would probably, I would probably say my my favorite way is to launch the one parent child and then the variations underneath that child. But again, if they are just a di- like, let's just say that it's a garlic press and you have one that has a rubber handle. And then the next one has, in the variation, has a uh, non-rubber handle. And then the next one has half and half. It has half a rubber handle and half non. Um, You're talking like handle styles in a sense. Like that could go on its own listing separately, right? Each of those could. They could do a variation as well. But I would think that that in that situation, um, that would probably be better to put them separately because they are pretty distinctly different um, as far as those. And especially if people are looking for a certain handle style, they would be typing in that keyword. Um, or if it's just people going into the listing and then seeing the different ones and going, hmm, which one do I like? I think a variation is good for multi-packs. I think it's good for colors, obviously sizes. Um, but I think if you're talking about something completely different than what's on the main, I don't know if it lends itself well to that. I think you'd be better off doing them separate. It can be confusing as well sometimes. So hopefully that helps. Uh, but I think that you definitely get some uh, some really great uh, you know advantages of doing the variations under one listing because, like I said, you can use the reviews from all of those on one listing and, uh, you know, as you, you know, you have these different, you know, these different variations, you're able to use those search terms 
to help bring more traffic to, you know, because you get the, all of those search terms in the back end of each variation. Each variation is treated like its own listing. It's just housed underneath the main parent item. So I think you were kind of thinking that as well. I think you were thinking to yourself, you know what, maybe we should merge that into one. And then, uh, you know, that way there, we only have to maintain the one and we can, you know, start to use the leverage from the other variations to help, you know, uh, get more exposure um, on those. Because again, like I said, if you're trying to rank three different items that are almost identical, you're going to be working to get all three of those ranked when on the other side of things, if you get the one, maybe the popular one, maybe the red one that's really selling, but you have the other two, someone might come in as the red and go, oh, I want a black one too then that can help you. Um, so hopefully <laughs> this has been helpful. I know that wasn't, again, a direct answer, but it's kind of us flushing out and kind of like discussing, uh, you know, kind of how I would uh, be talking with you right now across the table with that cup of coffee that we're having together right now. So uh, again, hopefully that helps. Hopefully anyone else out there listening that is either thinking about doing that or, uh, you know, is in the same situation. Hopefully that helped you. I would say anyone that is creating a brand new listing, and this is something I've said before, definitely set it up as a variation because you want to make sure that if you want to add a variation later, you can. If you don't, you can still do it. The problem is, is it's going to require you to either update the flat file, which isn't that easy, and then secondly, or secondly, contact seller support and have them do it for you, which is kind of scary because sometimes what happens there is you'll lose all your reviews for a little while, maybe a day or so, and then they come back, hopefully, fingers crossed. So always set up your, your listing as a parent-child, and if you never put a variation on that, it's still okay. Um, it's not going to matter. All right, so uh, that's it. All right, so there, there's my answer to that question and all those questions this week. Again, I want to remind you that if you want to ask your own question, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and you can do that. I would love to hear from you. Please state your first name and uh, hey, maybe even where you're tuning in from and uh, and a short question and I'll do my best to answer it. Also want to remind you guys that the show notes and the transcripts to this episode and all the ones um, in the past can be found. Well, this particular episode is episode 232. So that'll be theamazingseller.com forward slash 232. And also, let me just remind you guys that if you guys want to be part of the TAS Facebook community, which is totally free, and there's a lot of great resources there, a lot of great people. If you have a question and you want to answer it like immediately, just about, you can go over there and just type in the search field and it might have already been asked and answered. Uh, so you can do that. And then if it's not there, just ask it there and I'm sure that you'll get a response. Uh, you can join that group totally free by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy for Facebook. All right, guys, that's all I got. This has been awesome. Really enjoying recording these Ascot sessions in the new home office here, which is really, really starting to feel like home. And uh, yeah, so uh, just want to remind you guys, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Say it excited. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Keep taking action, guys. 